the NBA Gambling Podcast. So on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game mods, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Yes, sir. We are back for another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guys. Me, really real, villain, Rod Terrell, Furman Jr. at your service. And I got my guy Delonte Smith with me. Delonte, what's going on? What's up, man? Uh, not bad day yesterday. Well, I guess missed on pretty much all the props, but hit on every side but the Mavericks. So uh, I guess positive. Yeah, day that's what you day. get for taking the Mavericks as yeah, a home favorite. Yeah, you know, yeah, seven yeah, points. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Scott, Scott and Moonoff let me have it. Yeah, it's all good. But uh, profitable day yeah. overall. Just mad didn't get home with a lot of the props. But looking forward to the slate today. Pretty good slate. Well, you know who did get home yesterday? It was Bam Adebayo, and yeah, Bam Adebayo man. got home because I, again, still refuse to bet <laughs> Bam Adebayo. So if you're right in this Bam train, I, I can I implore you to keep doing it because I'm not going to bet him. Like, Come there's on, a man. number of things in sports betting. One of them is strength, determination, and you have to have the strength and determination not to follow a player after you've blacklisted that player and that person starts going <laughs> off. Because it's so clear and evident that when you do bet on that person, he's going to act like he doesn't know what a basketball looks like again. So I implore everybody to continue to bet Bam Adebayo because I will not, which means he's only going to go off. Yep. Uh, let's see here. He was letting people know about it uh, in the postgame, about uh, he should be an all-star, which he probably should. Hmm, he probably won't. But it just, it just depends. It just depends. I mean, you know, it's the East isn't like loaded with front uh with front court guys. So I mean you have Joel, so you're not getting in there over. No, no, I mean he won't be a starter then, or anything. He won't be Yeah, a starter, you're not getting in there over Joel. And then yeah. how many times do we really see like centers come off the bench? <laughs> like you don't see them put bring too many. I think Rudy Gobert. So I guess if Rudy they got, Gobert they is your argument, that one year in Orlando. Yeah, so I guess if Rudy Gobert is your, but I mean I wouldn't even make I would put Vucevic in over Bam, just because of what Vucevic has been doing over the past month and change or whatever. So I don't know. Mm. All right, here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What are we talking about? What happened last night? Before we get into what else happened uh, last night, we had the Wizards. Yeah, the Wizards won outright as a plus mm-hmm. seven dog. I have no idea what you were doing on that one. Like that, yeah, I locked that bet in as soon as the it opened. I saw I got, it open at seven. Into it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Lakers still suck against the Clippers. That's yeah. self-evident. That's evident. Yep. Uh, Pacers uh, came back, routed the well, not routed, but they came back and uh, beat the Bulls. Um, yeah, the Pacers are going to make you sweat for it. The Pacers are a team where you just bet the other team first quarter and then bet the money line and just sit and wait. Yeah, they are horrible in the first quarter. Uh, well, Miami and Boston was intriguing. I mean, we found out that Jimmy Butler was out like a few hours before tip-off, so that's always fun. 
I didn't bet Boston, but when the line opened and I saw Boston, I think it was like plus four when I saw it. I was like, oh, why am I not betting Boston in this spot? Then I remembered it was Boston, so I didn't do it. But they still ended up covering that line. And I actually picked them on Tally's site, and they covered the line. So they should have yeah. got a win outright on that one, honestly. But Yeah, they were. Uh, they let Miami back into it. Um, nobody, I mean, nobody but Bam had it last night. Ty, I don't think Hero didn't have it last night. Um, who, who else did He only had it's very points. simple. Don't lay points with Boston, not Boston. Don't lay points with Miami. Just don't lay points with Miami. I think they covered the open, though. I think the open was two and a half. Mm, but it closed, it, yeah, closed it closed at four. Yeah, because I got it at four. It closed at four. I, yeah, don't bet Miami. All right. That's uh, was there anything big? He might have a huge performance that I'm not talking about. Uh, not Joker had a, another casual triple double on his first game back from you know. I don't know. I mean, I don't be intrigued by Joker triple doubles just because his style of play. Like his style of play, just he's he's a big point center. Like he, of course, he's going to get a bunch of triple doubles. I, I don't know. He, he's a he's a center he's a center version of uh, of Luca. Yeah, I don't know. All yeah. right, your Knicks won, man. A big win for the Knicks against the yeah, Cavs. I think that's the only. One, I think that's the only game I actually missed on was the Knicks. I didn't think the Knicks were going to win. They suck against the Cavs. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I think we all. I think uh, myself, Boonoff, and um, and Scott were on Cleveland and were on the team total, but didn't get there. They barely. They barely scraped the hundred. Both of them. Let's see. Anybody talking about anything? Speaking of Vucevic, five assists. Yeah, Vucevic. Hey, Vucevic be getting assists, man. Y'all, y'all don't. He he be he's a sneaky triple double guy. Like he'll mm-hmm. just walk into a double double. Now all you gotta worry about is assists. Yeah, this is. I actually had a ticket going. I had a ticket going last night. I had daughter. Where's the ticket at? So I don't because I don't want to say fake odds and then people try to cancel me and they be like, oh, he's lying about the ticket. Even though the ticket didn't hit, but still, it was a fun sweat. I had what did I have? I had there it goes a two pick parlay. It was two fifty to one. And it was Donovan Mitchell to get a double double and Jason Tatum to get a triple double. Both mm-hmm. of them missed by three assists. Dang, really? I think oh. one of them actually got to eight. So um, Tatum, I was sweating assisting. Yeah, Tatum had Tatum had 31-14-7. Oh, wow. Yeah, I needed three assists the whole fourth quarter from both of them, and I didn't get it. I was pretty sick about that. Wow. That's that's a real good Tatum player. triple Jesus. double was such a good angle last night. Yeah, especially with Jalen being out and, and both of those guards. Oh, man. All right. Can you hear me? Is this yep. thing working? Yeah. Is you, my mic on? Everybody? Yeah, just, just, just a little delay. Just a little delay. That's all. Okay, all right. Well, it doesn't matter because we're going straight into the slate, and we're going to talk about the Indiana Pacers on the back-to-back going to play the Orlando Magic. Minus six is the line. Two thirty-four is the total injury report for these two teams, and we have for the Indiana Pacers, Andrew Nemhard is TBD with the illness. Now we're not going to really know because these guys played last night, but. Nimhart is really the big person you're looking for. Not really too, too concerned because TJ McConnell came in and kind of walked into that role pretty easily. TJ McConnell might need to start over Nimhart going forward while Halliburton is out, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. And pretty clean for the Orlando Magic. Jonathan Isaac made his debut the other night against Boston, got the win, had, I think, like 10 points. That was a really big Yeah, he played well. He played well. All right. 
You are getting Orlando laying six points at home. What are you doing? Yeah, um, on the open, I think it was four and a half on the open. I thought that was I thought that was a good number for Orlando at six. Kind of like not leaning towards not playing it. Um, I think that like the angle that we were talking about earlier, Indiana being the first, uh, being the uh, worst first quarter team uh, in the NBA, and Orlando being you know a little bit more rested, uh, so to speak. I think some of the advantages lean towards their way. Six is just a it's just a little too high for a feisty Orlando team. Um, they haven't been playing well without Tyrese Halliburton, but last night they scrapped and clawed. And I don't think my I don't think uh, Orlando is one of those teams that that does well with a, a lot of physicality. So uh, at six, I'm kind of leaning to I'm kind of leaning towards staying off it. But if I had to play it, I'd play Orlando. I definitely will be playing Orlando in the first quarter though for sure. Yeah, I, I can't get off you that Orlando first quarter play. I have to go look and see what Orlando does in the first quarter. I'm not too familiar on that. But what I do know is that I'm not laying points with Orlando, so I can tell you that much. I don't know why you even considered the four and a half. I'm not laying anything with Orlando. Orlando's one in five against the spread as a favorite this season. I'm not touching that at all. Yeah, yeah. And then – uh, we can talk about the Pacers, and yeah, the Pacers are on a back-to-back. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure, sure. But you sit here and you look at the numbers a little bit better, and on a back-to-back this season, the Pacers are actually, where did they go? Five and four against the spread. Yep, they are five and four against the spread. They're six and three straight up on a back-to-back this season. So I know the Pacers are a little banged up. That's probably why that this line is a little bit inflated. But when you really look at their roster, really look at, one, they're a bunch of young guys. I'm not concerned about the no rest. They're a bunch of young guys. They should be able to run. I'm, they can handle a back-to-back. But it's more of the fact that Tyrese Halliburton, okay, that loses, I lose confidence in the ending games without Tyrese Halliburton because Tyrese Halliburton is a clutch player. He knows how to make the best play, get it to the right guy, be able to go get a bucket himself. So... I lose confidence in them in the end of the game. But in terms of Nemhard, Halliburton, TJ McConnell, like Rick Carlisle's offense is predicated on the point guard position. And it doesn't matter. As long as he has a suitable point guard, it doesn't have to be somebody all world. It doesn't have to be an all-star like uh, or a perennial all-star like uh, Tyrese Halliburton. It's just got to be somebody that can handle the ball and make the right read. And TJ McConnell can do that. So I don't think that they're going to slow down too, too much offensively except in clutch time situations. So, I'm taking the six points. So many points for this uh, Pistons team, not Pistons team, but for this Pacers team, who is 20 and 17 against the spread as an underdog this season. They sport one of the best ATS records overall, 27 22. I, I, I like the Pacers in this spot as a road dog, able to get it done. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't lay down. All right. I, Total I just, sitting at 234. Yeah, I like the over. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like the over. Um, but both teams uh, coming in, not really the best at at defending the rim. So I think that that Paulo, uh, Franz, and some of those guys will be able to to get to the rim on uh, Indiana and vice versa. Um, both teams are uh, bottom five in uh, rim percentage defense. So, I mean, Indiana doesn't have a lot of the slashers that you know that that Orlando has with some of those size with some of that size that they have. But I think they still be able to get to the rim. Um, and maybe get some, maybe get to the free throw line 
to help out some of those points. So I like that over uh, in the game. Uh, I'm not really. I'm not really particular on this one. I got some things that can go both ways. Orlando against the Eastern Conference is actually nine and sixteen. Nine sixteen and two to the un- to the over. So sixteen nine and two to the under. And Indiana fourteen fourteen six and three off of back to back to the over. So Indiana is able to get it done there. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of these teams really don't play defense, but it could. I could see a night where both of these teams have like a shooting slump as well. I'm not really too uh, particular on the total here. Two thirty four is a little bit high, and Indiana's a slow starting team, so I may just take an under because of that. But I'm not betting this. Yeah, I mean, three of the last five have went under for Indiana, and three of the last five have went over for Orlando. Uh, so it just kind of depends on who who dictate who dictates the pace. And we all know Indiana's going to get off to a slow start. Uh, that's evident in numbers. They're getting outscored by almost five points per game, uh, or oh, five points uh, per first quarter. So it just depends on how much they get down. Uh, in the first quarter, um, if this if this goes over, but I like the over though. I think both teams would be able to score. All right, uh, let's see here. Any player props you like for this game? Uh, just one. Uh, Markel Fultz over five and a half assists. He's went over six of the last nine, and uh, out of those three games that he missed, he had five in two of the three games. So, um, I like that a lot. That's probably the only one that I like with some of those guys getting back in the lineup. Jonathan Isaac getting his feet wet a little bit. I think that Marco Fultz will be able to distribute the ball a, a little bit more. They're putting the ball in his hands a lot more, having Franz play kind of off-ball guard. So I like that angle of Marco Fultz over five and a half assists. That's the only one I got. All right. I am um, going back to what I played last night. And I played Duarte's over threes last night. It was it was juiced. It was minus. It was at one and a half and minus one fifty. I don't know if they knew he was starting last night or not. I kind of assumed Duarte was starting. I think people figured, oh, they might put Ben Matherin up there. They really only put him up there in, in case of need, but they really like him coming off the bench and adding a spark with that second unit. Mm-hmm. So I played Duarte over one and a half last night. It cashed in the first quarter. I think no, he got two. He got two early fouls and then it cashed. But without them two early fouls, I could see him getting into a little bit better of a rhythm. So uh, I'm sure he may be at that one and a half again tonight. If not, it's at two and a half at plus money probably. I like that. I like I took it all the way up to four last night, and it was like seven to one for four threes. And I just think that that's such an easy spot for him with TJ McConnell running the offense and how this offense goes of them just rotating over and finding an open shooter. So uh, hopefully Duarte is going to better recipient of those threes, but I'll be on Duarte's threes again tonight. I might tell you on that. I, I like I like Duarte. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Brooklyn Nets going to play the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. Yet another return for Ben Simmons. Philadelphia's laying five. Open up at six and a half. Now it's five. 225 and a half is the total. Open up at 226 and a half. Injury report for these two teams, and I see here for you are not going to see Kevin Durant, of course. You also have a questionable tag on Joel Embiid, a not on the injury report for James Harden, and Furkan Korkmaz is 
Ops laying five at home with Philadelphia. What are you doing there? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably going to stay away. I kind of want to bet on both teams. Um, I know the Nets had, had started off. They're struggling Uh-oh. without are KD. Issues? You can't hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, good. Yeah, so I know that um, Brooklyn started off uh, struggling without KD, but I think as they went forward, uh, they won and covered two straight. So I think they're finding a way without them just a, a little bit. Obviously, they won't get to their full potential until KD gets back. So they're kind of a bet on team that I, that I wanted to bet on. I think they're a little bit more undervalued going forward. Uh, Kyrie missed a, a game in there as well. So some of the numbers may be a bit inflated. Uh, Philly, I mean, Philly is, is rolling right now. Five-game winning streak. Uh, the 16 and 8 ATS at home, they do play very well against the higher higher ups as far as like uh, team stature. I just don't know if I could lay it because I think Kyrie has a big game um, because they don't defend the rim well. So Kyrie's going to be slashing, slicing and dicing, getting to the rim. And B not being 100% does scare me a little bit if you, you know, if you like Philly. But Inevitably, I'll probably just be staying away. I mean, both teams do a lot of things that I like. They're both they're one of three teams who are top ten in offensive and defensive rating. The other team being Boston. Um, ironically, they don't rebound the ball as well as I like Philadelphia. That is, but they don't have to worry about that with uh, with Brooklyn because Brooklyn doesn't rebound the ball as well. Um, like I just I can I can make you know cases for both teams, so I'll just stay away. But if I had to play it, I would just take the points with, with Brooklyn. Yeah, I am – I'm on Brooklyn. I'm on Brooklyn. Philadelphia is coming off a road trip. You already know we like the fade teams coming off a long road trip that first game home. But not only did they come off a long road trip, they came off a long West Coast road trip. Yep. And not only was it a long West Coast road trip, they swept the board. They went out west and swept the board. They went five and zero. I think it was five and zero. Went five and zero in that. Yeah, five and zero in that road trip. Like I feel like there's a tad bit of letdown here, but we've seen this Philadelphia team also go out there without Joel Embiid and beat Brooklyn before, even earlier this season. I'm pretty sure it was without Joel Embiid that they're. I think they didn't have Harden in that game either, and they were still able to go in there and get a win. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, I think they didn't have Harden because it was plus eight. They didn't have Harden or Embiid, and they were still able to go in there and get a win. I am. I'm kind of leaning on Kyrie, and I think this is a different Brooklyn Nets team than the one that played that Philadelphia team with in terms of defense and what they add defensively now. And you got Kyrie, Jacques Vaughn's got Kyrie playing defense. I think that you can see a little bit better shooting from the outside this game. I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride with Brooklyn here. Plus five. I think Philly still gets the win. Honestly, I think Philly still gets the win. But I think Brooklyn keeps this one close. Yeah, so, so is Embiid? Um, is he questionable or is he? Probably- he's questionable, but okay. I think it's more. I think it's more leaning that he's not gonna play. I'm even if Joel Embiid doesn't play. I just think how Philly is constructed, they'll be able to handle this Brooklyn team. It's just gonna go. It's gonna be insane if he does play. Like Embiid should be in line for a really, really good game. Yeah, yeah, I think so. play. But yeah, if he doesn't, I think Brooke, how Philadelphia is constructed, especially we'll see what they do with Maxi if Embiid doesn't play. I think they should still keep Maxi coming off the bench and just rotate a Paul Reed over or a Montrez here or somebody else. Yeah, I play Paul. That Reed. is somebody I that I do Reed. like it. 
that's somebody I do like in this game, Paul Reed. If yeah, Paul Reed yeah. gets some burn, he'll probably be sitting there at like they normally have his rebounds at like five and a half. Very conservative number for him coming off the bench. And I think he can be in double double territory every single time that he plays and Joel Embiid doesn't play. So Paul Reed is a guy I'm looking for today. Yeah, if uh, if Embiid does play, he should he should clean up on the glass. Um uh, Brooklyn 29th in offensive rebounding percentage. So he should own the glass. They're also 27th in def- defensive rebounding percentage. So Embiid should be in line, like you said, for for a big game uh, if he does play and is actually healthy enough to to contribute. But, um, yeah, I, I w- I'm leaning towards Brooklyn. Like, I, I didn't play it uh, quite yet. But like you said, with their defense, they are top 10 in defensive efficiency. So they've been playing a lot better defense. And I like some of the things that I've that I've seen from them uh, after that little, I guess, hiccup that they had trying to adjust without Kyrie. So, um, yeah, I would lean to the Brooklyn side. I haven't played it yet, but I'll likely be – I'll likely join you uh, on that Brooklyn side. Yeah. I also like Tobias Harris rebounds if Joel Embiid does play. Even if Joel Embiid does play, I kind of like Tobias Harris rebounds just because of the fact that Joel Embiid isn't really looking to rebound basketball anymore. Like, he is, he's more concerned about scoring – if you're getting any any type of yeah, if you're if you're getting any type of rebounding from him, it's probably on defensive end. Tobias Harris doesn't do much already, so uh, he definitely likes to try to add his contribution rebound to basketball when he can. Total sitting at two twenty five and a half. And where are you going? Yeah, I, I would go under. I mean, we talked about Brooklyn's defense. Philly's defense has been just as good at fourth in defensive efficiency. Uh, they although they do struggle defending the rim. I think that they'll be able to withstand some of those uh, flurries of threes that that Brooklyn uh, is going to take. Um, eight of the last te- eight of the last ten have went over, but those totals have been in the mid thirties and the teams mid mid two thirties and the teams that they played have been more fast paced. So they played uh, the Lakers, Portland, Sacramento, Utah, who all get up and down get up and down the court with uh, the offenses that they like to run. Brooklyn's more of a slower paced team. They their bottom. Uh, the, the mid mid level in pace, twentieth uh, in pace, and uh, Philly is twenty twenty fifth in pace. So I like the pace of the game. I think it's going to be limited positions. Uh, so I like the under. Yeah, I seven of the last ten for Brooklyn went under also. But yeah, I think it's a little bit inflated just because uh, Philly has been playing to the over as of late. But like I said, some of the teams that they've been playing has caused them to get out and and run when they're not accustomed to doing so. Brooklyn nine and nineteen to the over in Eastern Conference games, so I think that's going in your favor. Yeah, I'll slightly to the under, but yeah. I don't know. I'm concerned, especially if Embiid plays. I, I love the under, but yeah. I'll be concerned if Embiid doesn't play because I think they get out and run a lot, lot more. All right, let's see here. Are we still on PJ Tucker's under three and a half rebounds? <laughs> You got to be on PJ Tucker under everything. Yeah, I was never a person that bet his under three and a half rebounds. I, I understand the logic behind it, though. Maybe not tonight, just because Brooklyn sucks rebounding basketball. He could stumble into four. Like yeah, if, he, he if he comes out that first quarter with two rebounds, you're gonna be like, oh, like you're gonna be concerned. Maybe not against Brooklyn. Maybe against somebody else a little bit better at rebounding, but not against right. Brooklyn. All right. Again, that's not a prop that I'd be I'd be looking at, so I can't get you too too much on that. You gotta ask the rest of the panel. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I don't hate it, but like you said, just it is a cause of concern with 
how Brooklyn doesn't rebound the basketball. So he could long rebounds. Brooklyn's going to take a lot of threes, long rebounds. He could just, like you said, stumble and fall into three or four rebounds. So, All right, next game on the slate, we have the Atlanta Hawks going to play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hawks are laying one and a half on the road. 238 is the total injury report for these two teams. And I have here for the Atlanta Hawks. When I find them, DeAndre Hunter is questionable. Uh, Kongwu, Onyeka and Kongwu is questionable. And for OKC, you have clean injury report. All the people that have been injured are injured. Expect to see uh, Shy. I just realized that it was Shy. I didn't know it was Shy. Shy Gilgis Alexander, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, and Jalen Williams in the lineup. All right. You are laying one and a half on the road with Atlanta. Listen, man, I know this is this is an OKC podcast. We all love OKC. I'm, I'm assuming you do, too. I mean, um, I feel like everybody should love OKC. Yeah, they, They've yeah, they been should. the best team against the spread for the right. past two years. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, they're 8-1-1 one one last 10, 15-8 ATS at home. Uh, they play with extreme energy. They love playing with one another. You can just tell by how they uh, interact with one another on the court. I feel like it's a butt coming in here. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, but I, I like I like Atlanta. Um, Atlanta had so they're basically like a they're a team that plays. However, if they playing fast, when they're playing fast, they're good. So when they're running and gunning and scoring, they're three and zero in the uh, in the last five, and they've covered all three. So they've scored one hundred and twenty in the last three games. But when they slow, when they get the pace slowed down under one twenty, then they lose. So it's kind of like you got to kind of figure out how they're going to play, which is hard to do with the team that has Trey Young and he just wants to pound the ball and not, you know, get get everybody else involved. Um, I was hoping to get Atlanta as a dog, so I, I'm not going to play it but because, I mean, I don't want to lay points with Atlanta on the road against one of the better teams uh, covering, the, covering the spread over the past two years, like you mentioned. So I'll pass on the side, but I am leaning towards Atlanta, to be honest with you. I'm not playing it, though. Because I just love OKC too much. I mean, all right. I'm I'm, I'm not playing Atlanta <laughs> on the road, so you can yeah have fun with that. I'm not playing Atlanta. On no, the I'm road. not playing them, but I thought about it though. I thought about it. Atlanta nine and seventeen as a favorite, ten and fifteen at home. This Atlanta team's not. There's it's just really tailored two tapes here because they have both of the same record. Atlanta's not a good team. OKC is a good team. Like at this point, we can sit here and say OKC is a good team. They find like at this point, they're finding ways to win games. They're finding ways to go out there and be competitive. And now you sit here and look at an OKC rebuild, and they started the year without their top draft pick in the offseason. And there's what? Where are you at in this uh, freaking conference? They are what's that? Tenth. Yeah, should be nine to ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, eleventh. Eleventh in the conference, looking, staring at the Warriors right above them with the same record. Timberwolves, Jazz, all that. They're actually fighting for a play in spot. So huge, huge difference in what OKC is doing last year, where they were just covering spreads to this year and they're actually winning games, which is a reason why I'm on OKC in this spot. Mm-hmm. I think they go out here and get a win. Uh, I don't think that 
Atlanta has the rim protection that there that's needed to be able to stop everybody at OKC that could come thrashing at you at the rim, whether it's a Lou Dort, whether it's Shea, whether it's Josh Giddy, whether it's Jalen Williams, uh, Jalen, J-A-L-E-N, the one that's in Rookie of the Year conversation that people didn't talk about and aren't talking about. Like, it's a whole bunch of people that can come at you towards the rim, and I don't think that Atlanta has all the options. And we'll see if Atlanta's able to get to the basket. I think they'll they'll have a decent shot. I think this could be a high-scoring game. It's definitely a non-conference game, non-conference over. So uh, you're looking at a high total, 238, but it mm-hmm. might not be enough. Like, I think that this still can go over that total. But I'm taking OKC here. I think OKC – I'm taking the person who's playing the best basketball in two teams that are oddly similar, however, going two different directions. Atlanta trending towards the bottom, OKC trending towards the top. Now, Atlanta's interesting because they are – minus one and a half after dropping their last two games. So that is an interesting uh, trend and slide for them. But I'm still rocking with a home dog at OKC in this one. Yeah, I was hoping to get Atlanta as a dog. But like you were saying with the total, both teams are top 10 in pace. So that that I think that I think the pace favors Atlanta because they're just better whenever they're in the full court and just running and not thinking of playing. Is Capella questionable or is he like doubtful? No, nah, Capella's playing. Okay, yeah, so – I think Capella can control the paint on the rebound. So I like his rebound prop. I know we're going to get into that, but I like the rebound prop. OKC struggles with rebounding. Uh, he should dominate on the glass. Mm. They don't have. They go. They go smaller. They play both. They play both Jalen's, and then they get uh, Dort, SGA, and Giddy. So Capella should clean up on the boards. Now the question is, can he stay on the court with those guys? Mm. I think uh, Onyeka is better suited to guard some of those guys on the perimeter than, than Capella is. But I still like his rebounds. I think he would be able to get there pretty easily. All right. Let's see here. Capella did start last game uh, because I, I can't remember if Okongu was, was – he was questionable. I can't remember if he played or not, but I know Capella yeah. did start last game because he had like a double – he had 10 rebounds in like the first half and then yeah, yeah, he played, like he, he four or five yeah, the rest good. of the game. So, yeah. All right. Next game on the slate. Oh, yeah, I'm on SGA's points. Yeah, I'm on DeJounte Murray points over 20 and a half. Went over five of the last six. Yeah, and he had uh, that last one. I think he had just 20, and it was like one basket that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. He pushed in in the other. Like he's been playing more assertive. Uh, He's been playing more assertive on the defensive end. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, how much he guards SGA tonight because he he was picking up Luca full court. I don't know if you remember that game, uh, maybe like a week ago. Like he was playing Luca really, really tough, like ninety four feet. I haven't seen anybody guard Luca like that. Not that it was, you know, as successful, but it's just interesting that he decided to do that. Well, I know who did guard Luca like that and did pretty well on him. Uh, one Andrew Wiggins, who isn't getting enough credit for. <laughs> You know what he's able to do. Yeah, but all right. When you were in the chat, let me got see. Torched by Tatum and Al Horford in that game. No, he did it. Yeah, Al- no, he did it. He did not. I was literally he, watching the game. You see, Al he Horford did not numbers? get torched. He was he was guarding no, Al but, Horford and Jason. He Tatum. wasn't guarding Al Horford the whole game. He was guarding yeah, Jason I mean, Tatum, and he had Jason Jason Tatum no. scored on everybody but him. Y'all gonna stop trying to? Man, he had thirty. He has thirty four. Y'all gonna stop let disrespecting? Find, let me find another. Y'all gonna stop disrespecting freaking uh uh my man's. Andrew Wiggins, no, he actually because what was it? it was like one of the last possessions of the game he was guarding Tatum and Tatum was breaking everything. Absolutely not. 
Wiggins <laughs> disrespect stops. Oh man! All right. Uh, next game on slate, we have the Denver Nuggets versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks are laying eight. Two thirty-one is the total injury report here for these two teams, and I have for the Nuggets. They played last night, so I really can't tell you too much, actually. But be on the lookout for Michael Porter Jr. and Bones Island. And for the Milwaukee Bucks, looking at Bobby Portis, who is out. Serge Ibaka is not even with the team. Uh, Marjan Bochamp is probable. And there you go. What's up with Serge? What's wrong with him? Remember, he hasn't played basketball yes, for them, like, like forever. Like, he, he's eight, he just he's one of those guys that's just collecting a second uh, check, and he's a veteran oh, okay. presence. Like he's not. Don't don't. I don't even know why I said his name. Don't expect him to play basketball. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, I know. It's just like I don't know what's going on with um. With he's him. just he's the Iggy and the Udonis Haslam of that team. That's okay, yeah, that makes sense. All right, laying eight with Milwaukee at home. Uh, I like the, man. I like the books, but I mean, eight is a lot of points. Um, that's mm. that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of points to be laying. I know some of the matchup wise, matchup wise, it favors Milwaukee because Denver can't play defense. They can't defend the paint, and Giannis should dominate in the paint. But eight is a lot of points for an elite offensive team uh, like Denver. Um, they're four. They're first in um, offensive efficiency, and they travel with that offense. They're second in road offensive efficiency. So their offense is going to travel. Now, Milwaukee does play defense, uh, fourth in defensive rating. I just don't know if – I don't know. Eight is a is a lot to cover. Um, Portis is a key off the bench, so that second unit is going to lose some uh, aggression and intensity. But, I mean, I'm leaning with I'm leaning with Milwaukee. I haven't played it. I just think eight is a little bit too much. I was thinking that maybe Joker would be out or Murray would be out. I don't know if that's forecasting. But I think eight is a, a little too big. Uh, I'll be I'll be staying away, but I'll, I'll lean to Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't even think I want to stay away. I think Milwaukee's going to bury Denver in this spot. Mm-hmm. This just seems like a spot where they they can't set the number high enough, and it's actually going to go out there and be a double digit win. And it's just it, one Denver coming off the back to back. And they are a better back to back team. I think they're uh they're I think they actually have a pretty good record on no, three and three on back to backs. That's what uh, I got. straight up. Uh, uh, no, that's against the spread three and three. Three and three. Okay. Then maybe it was somebody else I was looking at. I don't know. Uh, straight up, we're looking at no rest. Denver is four and two. So yeah, you know, it was it's decent, like you know. But I just think it's too much for them. And even with Bobby Porras being out. I think that the second unit can go as far as Chris Middleton takes them. And he had a pretty decent game. You know, yeah, we had eight points in 15 minutes, but he was three for seven from from the field. So not as inefficient as I thought he was going to be. And, you know, he just took his time, worked into it, found his shot, took put a couple shots up, saw a couple go through the rim, built some more confidence about him and his body and how that's treating him. And so now I think that, especially if you're getting Chris Middleton coming off the bench again in this game, it's an automatic matchup nightmare for anybody in that second unit in Denver. There's nobody in the second unit in Denver that can even hope to cover Chris Middleton. So mm-hmm. I think that if Chris Middleton is coming off the bench and he's playing a lot with that second unit, that he could be in line for a really, really good game today just because, I I mean, I can't think of, what, Bruce Brown, but Bruce Brown is probably playing with the starters. Like, yeah, if you're getting so is, any – if you're getting Middleton any, on a minutes restriction? I don't know if it's uh, – I don't know if minutes restriction is the word. 
I, I don't think he's on a minutes restriction, but I do think uh, they're being like, you know, they're bringing him off the bench. Okay, came yeah. off the bench last game. Gotcha. And he only had 15 minutes in that first game. So I think that it'll gradually over increase, but. Yeah, okay. okay. And he could be anywhere between 15 and 20 minutes, but I still think that's enough for him to get a yeah, good, yeah. you know, get a few shots up, look pretty decent in the time being. Yeah, just give me the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to get this done. I, I think this is a route by Denver. Denver, I, I truly don't think Denver possibly even cares about this game too much. You're in Milwaukee. You're playing a non-conference opponent. And I'll get to that over in a second, but you're playing a non-conference opponent. And, I mean, you're still sporting the best record in the West. Like, you're on the road playing a back-to-back. There's so many reasons why Denver just would not get up for this spot. I think the only thing that would make Denver get up for this game is the fact that you're getting Jokic versus Giannis, and everybody's playing that matchup. Everybody's playing some combination of those two matchups. And I just think that this game is going to disappoint, to be honest. I wish it was on national TV. I'd feel a lot better about this game disappointing if it was on national TV. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I'm. it's just... Eight is a lot of points, man. So it's, it's I, I know that Milwaukee is is a wagon at home, um, and they do some things well that combats with how Denver runs their offense. Um, I, I wanted it to be like four and a half, five. Uh, I wanted it to be that so I can just take that. But yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I think one thing that I do like better, I know you're gonna get into the total, is uh, the Bucks team total over. Um, they scored 130 plus in three of the last five games. They struggled against uh, elite defenses like Cleveland, Miami. Uh, they struggled to score. But whenever they play against, you know, lower-level competition, they pour it on. So I think they'll pour it on. Denver's a bad defensive team. Uh, I think they'll – they do defend the three-wheel. Um, seventh in three-point percentage defense is Denver. But I think that Milwaukee will beat them up inside. And, and they'll just – like you said, they'll just pour it on. Uh, and maybe they might route him. I just don't have enough confidence to to bet against Joker uh, plus eight right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, nah, I have all the confidence in the world to bet against him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have all the confidence in the world. I, I like Milwaukee. I might actually no. I'm locking up Milwaukee minus eight. I'm, seven I'm and three as a today. dog, man. Denver seven and three as a dog. Yeah, that doesn't matter. They didn't play. Well. <laughs> all right. Let's see here. Yeah, time for the total. 231. I get I bet this last night at 225 and a half, and it skyrocketed overnight, and for a very good reason, which is why I caught the best number of it. And the fact that this is a non-conference game, so non-conference over trend, that's check. Have that right. Sit here and look at what the two teams do in the non-conference. You have Denver sporting the third best record, 69%, 9-4 check. You have Milwaukee coming down there, 62.5% to the over, 10-6 check. So you have that system there. You have Denver who just – doesn't profile as a good defensive team playing against Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I can see going out, getting a big lead in this game, playing with their food, not really caring what Denver is doing. Denver is a good offensive team, as you spoke earlier. Talked about their home and road splits being so similar just because they're good offensively. I think that they're going to find the holes and the splits in Milwaukee's defense to continue to put up points on their side. So now you're looking at what about a six-point difference? But honestly, I think that the 225 they put out was just a bad number. Like, they should never have put the number out that low. So now that it's at 231, I'm not even really scared of that number as well. Like, I think I need 
some more juice for me to even think about. I wouldn't even consider an under in this game. So honestly, 231, I don't feel bad about it at there. I just know I got the better number at 225 and a half because I played it as soon as it dropped last night. But uh, 231, I still really like it. I'm probably going to get back down on a 231 and sweat that with you guys. So uh, 231 over for the Bucks Nuggets. That's one of my favorite plays of the day. I'm going to throw a lock on that as well. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite plays is the team total over one nineteen and a half for Milwaukee. I do kind of I like the I like your number better than the current number, obviously. Um, but I just think like if it's a blowout, like how much does Denver like score? Like that's that's my only issue. Uh, they have been playing towards the under. So if Milwaukee scores like one thirty three, like does Denver have enough to to get you over that hump? Is is basically my main concern. So that's why I would rather go with the um, the Milwaukee team total versus the full game total. But I'll be rooting for you, of course. All right. Uh, any props for this game before we go? Uh, Giannis should dominate the glass. I like him over 12 and a half rebounds. Uh, if you want uh, to play his, like, it's somewhat of a combined thing, I would look at his points and rebounds, 42 and a half. Uh, it should be a big night for him uh, inside. I want to play somebody on a supporting cast of Denver, but I don't know who's playing. So I can't really give you that right now. Uh, so, cause they haven't, they don't have to submit their injury report until later. I mean, yeah, they don't have to, but you're, you're, it's a bat to bat with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. You can just almost expect one, if not both of those guys to be out. Yeah. MPJ definitely going to be out. Uh, let's see here. I guess I would tell you I don't know. Brooke Lopez don't even be trying to rebound at this point. Like I guess if this is ever a Brooke Lopez double double game, it should be it. Uh seeing some more minutes without Bobby Portis in the lineup being that other big, getting some time off the court with Giannis and coming in with the second unit to help bolster their defense and give that second unit some size. So I guess it's a Brooke Lopez double double game. He really just doesn't ever really attempt to rebound. I think there was one matchup that we were who was it? It was somebody in this chat that me and him were sweating on Brooke Lopez over six rebounds and he had one in three quarters. So I mean have fun. Have fun. That's all I'll tell you. Next game on the slate we have the Minnesota Timberwolves traveling to the big easy to play the New Orleans Pelicans two and a half. Pelicans are laying two and a half. 230 and a half is the total injury report, and this is going to be one everybody is looking forward to hearing because for the New Orleans Pelicans, well, starting with the Timberwolves, you have Rudy Gobert, who's questionable. Torian Prince is out, and you know you're not seeing Cat or Jordan McLaughlin still. And for the Pelicans, you have Najee Marshall, Dyson Daniels, both TBD. Because they did play last night, you're not going to get a full injury report. However, Brandon Ingram is expected to make his return to the lineup tonight, more than likely on a minutes restriction, but you can expect him to see his first in-game action after 29 games. All right. You're laying two at home with the Pelicans. 
What are you doing here? Yeah, one of my one of my better plays uh, that would all lock up for sure. Pelicans laying a short number. Um, honestly, with short numbers, I think I probably brought this up a couple of times. Uh, with short numbers between one and three, I usually just try to take the money line just to take out the the bad beat scenario in it on a like a pointless three point heave or a pointless foul at the end of the game. Uh, so if you could find a cheap money line, uh, I would play that. Uh, versus playing the the two, but I, I think either way you're good. But this is something that I prefer. I prefer just paying a little bit more to actually win the game than get a bad beat or get be a prisoner of a bad beat. So I like uh, New Orleans here. I mean, obviously Brandon Ingram is going to give him a shot in the arm. I'm, I mean, we're not sure how much he's going to play, but anything is better than nothing with some of the stuff that they've been dealing with. Um, they have lost five straight, two and three ATS in that span. Um, off of back to backs, they are two and four. So not great, but of course those numbers are, you know, you take them with a grain of salt because their guys are not playing as much as they usually are. Um, 13 to 10 ATS at home. Uh, They also have been struggling to score, haven't scored 100 points in three of the last five games, uh, and they haven't scored over 110 in any of those last five games. Um, So I think that it's a good spot for New Orleans. Uh, Minnesota is pretty much like – I don't know what they are. Um, six and four ATS last 10, though, but still doesn't move me. I think it's a perfect matchup for New Orleans. I think Valanciunas dominates Gobert if he plays. Uh, he was in foul trouble last night, which messed up my points and rebounds prop, but um, they struggle to rebound. I mean, I, you got Rudy Gobert in, in Minnesota to rebound and block shots. So how are you bottom three in rebound percentage for both offense and defense? That That doesn't make any sense to me. So... They also turn the ball over a lot, 27th in offensive turnover percentage, and a team that turns people over is New Orleans. They like to get in your face, and they're going to turn you over and get out in transition. So give me the Pelicans, land a short number, uh, play the money line. I also play their team total over as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Pelicans too. I think that this is uh, pretty (sighs) – I mean – I know the Pelicans have their offensive issues, and we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. And we'll see what Brandon Ingram contributes. I don't expect him to contribute much. I think that actually this is going to be pretty interesting with no Dyson Daniels in the lineup and how much they actually have Brandon Ingram ending up playing because Dyson Daniels is one of their better defenders coming off the bench. And especially if Najee Marshall is going to go, that's really going to force them to – try to play Brandon Ingram a little bit more than they intended to just by necessity, out of necessity. Mm -hmm. And so Minnesota's not good defensively last five games, giving up 119.2 points per game. They're giving up 40% from behind the arc. Look at New Orleans, pretty solid defensive team, uh, giving up 111 per game. One of the best defensive, uh, teams in the last five games defending the three. You talked about the turnovers. You talked about the offensive struggles and all of that. So I'm I'm, I'm on New Orleans still. It, it feels a little bit trappy. I feel like New Orleans probably should be laying a little bit more. But I understand how bad they've been playing recently, why they're not. But I do just think New Orleans is just overall better team. I think that Anthony Edwards is going to have some issues with Herb Jones in his face. Herb Jones, uh, Jose Alvarado is still going to give them some problems. And so maybe I'll be looking for uh, I don't even think I would back D-Lo for a for this one, but 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm still going New Orleans here, but that total total sitting at two thirty and a half. I'm uh, under under city. I'm on the under. I love the under in this spot between these. Just full two game total, you say? Yeah, full game total sitting yeah, at yeah, two thirty and a half. Yeah, I'm with I'm, you on it. Yeah, I love the under here. I I know Minnesota's bad, but we talk about New Orleans and what they've been doing offensively recently, and they have had struggles. Now, they turned it on recently. Call that, by the way. Uh, they they did turn it on a little bit more in Orlando with that one ten, but you bounce back from that Orlando game. You still only score ninety six against Miami, which is a good defense. I give you that, but you. Only scored 96 against Miami. Covered the uh, seven and a half that they were giving you. So, shout out. Appreciate you for that. (laughs) 98 against Denver. 98 against Denver is tough. And so, I think they still have offensive woes. Like, I still think the offensive problems are there. I don't think that Minnesota's lack of defensive intensity is really, really going to mean too, too much in this game with just how – uh, New Orleans is handling the ball offensively, and I don't think it just gets better overnight inserting Brennan or Mintz in the lineup. So I love the under for that game, under 230 and a half. It's actually come down one point already, and I see some money on the over, so a little bit of reverse line over there. I think that's the play, play the under for the full game. Yeah, I like the under as well. Um, I just I think that New Orleans will turn it on more offensively against matchup-wise what they have uh, in Minnesota. So like I said, I would rather play – if if anybody's gonna get to you know over like one ten one fifteen, it'll be New Orleans. It won't be Minnesota. I think. Well, I mean, I don't know how you can even say that because they haven't done it in the past five games. Like they just, they, we sit here. That's yeah, the only no, they reason. haven't. Yeah. yeah, they haven't. But I think that as far as from from how they match up with with New um, with Minnesota, I think that they'll be able to score some points against against the defense, especially if if Gobert is limited or if even if he's out. This just makes it just makes a, a lot more sense for them to be able to 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 get back on track and, and score. You know. Uh, 100 plus. Well, 110 plus, I guess, is the number. Let me see what the team total is. It, it, I can't get there on a team total over 110 with New Orleans. Let, after. let me make sure that it's that. I don't know. It might be lower than that. Uh, Denver is, well, it's two and a half in the set. It's got to be like 115, 116. Yeah, it's, one, it's, it's 116, 116 yeah. and a half. Yeah, no. So Denver, not, not the best defense, only scored 98. You have... Orlando, who's been letting everybody and their mother score 120 on them. They only scored 110. Scroll back. Detroit lets you score anything you want. They just barely got to 116 in that game on the road. Uh, I mean, last time they scored that high number was back when they played the Wizards on the road, 130. That's the last time they got over 116. So, And that was the ninth so yeah, I'm just I can't do it. I can't do yeah, it personally. I ra- I'd rather just take a full game under. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the full game score. under. I'm with you. I'm with you on the full game under. I, I just think that New Orleans will play a little bit better offensively. So, all right. Any props that you like for this game? For move on. Yeah, I don't like much in in this game. I like Brandon Ingram's assist. I think Brandon Ingram. Uh, you're probably going to get a favorable number because he's probably not going to be playing a bunch of minutes. If they even bold enough to drop his number or anything. But if you get an assist line from him, last few games without Zion Williamson, uh, seven assists, nine assists, a two, eight, four, seven, six, five, nine, six, 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 eight, seven, eight. Like it, it the numbers just go on, and so uh, I think you'll probably get a favorable line on that because they expect him not to play so many minutes. I still rocking with his assists. Really, all three. Zion, 
Brandon Ingram, CJ. If one person is out, you should be looking towards the other to assist. And whichever one is the lower of the number, probably taking that one. I think you have a good chance of cashing that more, you know, more times than it does. Oh, because all three of them, yeah. Before we move on, somebody in the chat was bringing up or told us to look at Kyle Anderson for his assist. So he's been killing it. Uh, I told that person after after we got off. I can't remember who it was. So if you're in the chat, I'm sorry. I, I don't remember who you were, but he was put he put us on Kyle Anderson over assist. He's doing more point guard duties uh, for Minnesota, especially whenever Delos, you know, uh, on the bench or when they when they need him to be more of a scorer mm-hmm. rather than a facilitator. So take a look at Kyle Anderson assist. It's at three and a half, it's three and a half minus one fifty. It's yeah, one of the better, the more bet props in this game is Kyle. I think that's actually the highest bet prop. It is uh, Kyle Anderson assist. So yeah, so that's one yeah I think it's a good play. Yeah, me too. I just yeah, I think it's a good play. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, next game on slate, we have the Toronto Raptors going to play the Sacramento Kings. Kings are laying three and a half at home. Two thirty-eight and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And you have, let's see here for the. Oh, that is not the right injury report there. So let's refresh that. All right, for the Toronto Raptors, you have uh, whenever I find the game, OJ Anobi with that ankle injury. He is going to play tonight. Uh, Banton is questionable with the hip, and that's about it for there. And for the Kings, Ametsu is questionable with the knee injury. That's about it. All right. I'll be buying any stock into Toronto on the road, West Coast. Nah, I like I like San, I like Sacramento. Uh, have you watched a lot of Sacramento any like Sacramento games at all? Yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, they're, they're, normally they're the only game on TV yeah, at that right. time of night. Yeah, their man, their home crowd is like college atmosphere related. Like they got the chance going. I, I love watching watching them play. Uh, I think matchup wise, it's just a bad matchup defensively for Toronto. They're bottom three in effective three point percentage defense and effective field goal percentage defense. Whereas the Kings are number one in like pretty much well top five in pretty much all um, offensive shooting metrics. Uh, they just I, I think that they're gonna be too much offensively. Now, Toronto can has been playing a little bit better uh defensively, but just I think Sacramento is gonna come out and and play. Of course, they're not gonna make 10 threes in, in the first quarter like they did against Memphis, but I do think they control the tempo. I think they're able to get out and get some bonus going as well. Uh so I like Sacramento here laying a short number. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they blow Toronto out, honestly. Uh, I think this is a I think this is a trap spot for Sacramento here. You think so? Yeah, I think this is a trap spot for Sacramento. I think they uh, they went into Toronto, got a win as a mm-hmm. five point dog earlier this season, one by one. I think, but that game one twenty four, one twenty three, like that's not what the Raptors do. Like that's not how the Raptors play their style of ball. That's not their defense. They're never trying to get into a trap. Track me like that, but I I'm really just more on the the fact that I think that Toronto is going to come out here and have a de- better defensive effort than they did 
Toronto was one of the last two meetings in Sacramento. One of those meetings was actually a 144-123, but and that was a what's that 20 yeah about a year ago now. But I think this is more I see a better defensive effort here from Toronto. They've got what how many days rest are they coming off of? Because I feel like I haven't seen them in a little while. Yeah, so I haven't seen them since the Sunday. Knicks, so they, not the Knicks. Yeah, they played they played the Knicks on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, okay. In so. Toronto. So they so they've had what? What's that? One, two, three days rest. Two, three days rest in that time. And last game for Sacramento was that blowout against the Grizzlies on Monday. So I'm getting a slightly more rested team. I know they're traveling. I know Toronto's really bad on the road, but between you know non-conference game, two teams that really, really don't play each other that often, and I think that Toronto can throw some defensive looks that will really confuse Sacramento and what they're doing a little bit. So, yeah, I think I'll, I'll actually go Toronto here, and I'll lay the points. Give me the three and a half. I think Toronto is able to cover this and make this, at very least, another short game. Yeah, so I'm assuming you like the under. And this like is Toronto. also not my this is also not my room. Like <laughs> this is not my room. So <laughs> all right. What'd you say? You like the under? Uh if you, I'm assuming if you like the under, if you like Toronto thinking that there's well, I'm I'm thinking. not playing I mean it's still a non conference game, so I'm not gonna play the under, but I do maybe I would play a Sacramento team total under because I think that Toronto probably still has a chance to win this game. And it's just looking at how the bet splits are. You have 74% of the money on Sacramento, so the public is putting – I mean, 74% of the tickets on Sacramento, so the public is going heavy on Sacramento. But 56% of the money is on Toronto, so you got that tickets versus uh, handle disparity right there, line coming down, and that line coming down is a favorable system towards Toronto. So, yeah, I think that uh, – it's much to like about Toronto. I probably am not touching the total on this one just because, again, I think that Toronto can actually shut down what Sacramento does offensively with their length, their athleticism, their, able, their ability to move, and just the defensive style of Nick Nurse. I think that it's going to give Sacramento some issues. Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not going to be on the uh, the total, but I would lean to the over because I like Sacramento. And if Sacramento can dictate the pace, they're going to score a, a lot of points um, with with some of those guys shooting three. All right. Uh, let's see here. We have let's, any any player props that you like for this one? Uh, Sabonis over 40 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Um, he's went over seven of the last 10. He's had a triple-double in three of the last five games. He put up a 20 and 20 game uh, in the last game they played. Uh, Toronto Toronto really struggles uh, rebounding the ball. So I think he'll I mean, maybe not a 21 and 20 game, but I can see like a 25 and 14 game for him. Uh, I also like Keegan Murray over two and a half threes made with how Toronto struggles to defend the three. I think he'll get some wide open corner looks and also dribbling tra- transition threes. Uh, I think he'll he'll make a couple of those. So I look for Keegan Murray to have three or four threes on the night. He's went over seven in the last nine. So those are two that I really, really like uh, in this game. Yeah, I'm on Pascal Siakam. I just Sacramento is one of the worst defending teams inside the paint. I don't think they'll have anything to slow down Pascal Siakam at all. And, and yeah, that's about that's about it for me. I think it's a bit pretty big Pascal Siakam game this game. All right, next game on the slate we have the Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Golden State to play the Golden State Warriors. 
Warriors are laying three and a half at home. 245 and a half is the total highest total by far on the board today of an entire slate of high totals. For the Grizzlies, we have John Morant not on injury report. Expect him to play. John Conchar is out with that concussion. Steven Adams is not playing. He's actually in on IR with a knee injury right now. And you have pretty clean injury report for the Warriors. No Andre Godala. You probable tag on James Wiseman as well. So you may see James Wiseman in this game. So it looks like we got the game. We're getting we're finally getting the game that everybody wanted to see on Christmas. You're getting a full strength Memphis squad versus a full strength Golden State squad in Golden State. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I know it's like a, the big game. I, I really, I don't have anything. I, I can make cases for both sides. Uh, I mean, gr- the Grizzlies coming off that rough West Coast uh, trip where you know they almost got in a fight with, with Shannon Sharp and um, mm. like they, they didn't play well at all. Simp- probably because I was listening and reading to some stuff. Uh, apparently, it was Dylan Brooks' birthday, um, and they were like out all night, so they didn't play. That was the cause of them not being able to play well, uh, supposedly. So um, they haven't been playing well even before that three and seven ATS the last ten. Um, they, I, I don't know. They just it's something about Memphis that I just I can't bet against uh, off of the spot because I think they're going to come in, then they're going to be angry. But then there's another part of me that doesn't want to bet the war, bet against the Warriors at home, um, where they are second in defensive rating at home. Uh, we all know the the home road splits are pretty much monstrous. So I would definitely just stay away. Um, they Golden State's covered three of the last five, um, 14 and nine ATS at home. If you want to play anything, I would play first quarter over. Um, but I just I'll stay away from the side. Uh, if I had, but if you, you know, if Terrell sent me some, you know, two or three hundred dollars, I probably play the Grizzlies uh, plus the number. I mean, it's pretty easy for me. You play the Grizzlies in this spot. Like, it's like it's not – it's no doubt in my mind you play the Grizzlies in this spot. Again, I told you on Christmas – well, I talked to the people. Told the people on Christmas no, – I, I was with you. I was with that you. Golden State was the play, and we were playing Golden State on the money line. And they were seven-and-a-half-point dogs. And I said Golden State is the play on Christmas. They are going to go in here. They're missing what? three of their best players, mm-hmm. they're going to go on there and they're going to put it on Memphis and they're going to go out there and get an outright win. I said that. Now, because one, why is Memphis care? Why is Memphis care for playing their B squad, C squad? We don't care. This is not the game we want to see. Memphis gets up when Steph Curry, when Klay Thompson, when Andrew Wiggins, when Jamal Green, when all those guys are in the lineup, that is when they get up for this game. I mean, it was it was so clear and obvious that last time, and now we're sitting here, you're getting a nationally televised game on uh, the four-letter network, 10 p.m. on the East Coast, and you have 80% of the bets on Golden State, 91% of the money. This is literally the exact same thing that I told you. Well, I didn't get to tell you because, well, I said it in the comment section while y'all were on Boston when they, when they played the Warriors, and I said, no, take the Warriors. Uh, take the Warriors in the spread and take them um, sprinkle on the money line just because all that money is coming in on Boston. They took money on Boston all the way from five to seven. It's a nationally televised game. Don't bet the, with the public on a nationally televised game. I, I'm so good on it. 
Like the one game that the books are actually caring about, the one game that's getting the most money is this game. There's no way I'm siding with the side that has 80% of the tickets and 91% of the money. Absolutely not. So I think that this is a spot just overall Memphis is going to get up for seeing how who's on the other side of the ball. You look at, you know, think about how that playoff series went. Look at how competitive that playoff series was. There are multiple games, I think, that were one possession games that either Memphis would have covered this line or they would have won or they won the game outright. So for sure covering this line. This is definitely a better spot for Memphis. Everybody's gonna look to back Golden State at home here. I truly understand it. They are one of the best home teams in the league. But I called I called Brooklyn. With against them the last time, so I I like my chances calling go to state take a L at home, and I think this is a chance where that three and a half. This is going to be a close game. If nothing else, this is going to be a close game. This is going to be the game that everybody wishes that we got on Christmas. So, yeah, I'm with Memphis here. This is a bounce back spot for Memphis. This is all the way locked in. They weren't partying the night before. They're actually focused <laughs> on this game, and so yeah, giving Memphis Grizzlies plus three and a half. That's a lot for me, but. I also like the under, and just because I think that this is going to be a contesting game, I don't think that they're going to let each other shoot wild all over the court or anything else. I think this is a game that's going to get really nitty-gritty down to the wire, and you know, uh, you'll see a lot better defense. Memphis is one of the better defensive teams over the course of the season. You talked about how Golden State's defense ramps up at home, and you can listen to Draymond Green show and, and listen to Draymond, Draymond Green uh, Draymond Green talk about it on his show, and he talks about how much better they play at home, the more confidence that the young guys on that roster have at home, and the things that they feel like they can get away with that they normally couldn't get away with on the road, they get away with at home. So, yeah, no. I like an under for the game. I'll take the highest total on the board and bet it under, and I like Memphis. Yeah, I'm with you on the under. I think it's just a, a, a tad bit too high for two competitive teams. Um, most of the time when we see – uh, some of these competitive teams play uh, the they think the Osmakers, you know, pretty much side with offense. And I mean, that's reasonable because both of these teams have been playing towards the over seven of the last 10 for Golden State has went over eight of the last uh, six of the last 10 for Memphis has went over. But as of recently, a smaller sample size uh, on that West Coast trip, they did play three unders uh, out of out of five. So that's something to look to look into um, with Memphis. I think they'll be more focused, like you mentioned. Um, Go to state, of course, is going to be more focused at home against a, a top tier opponent. So I like a more physical game. Uh, hopefully, we don't get a lot of free throws. The refs stay out of the way. Um, they just mm-hmm. pretty much let them play um, because free throws do lead to you know points with the clock not running, and that's not a recipe for an under. But I'm, I'm with you on the under. I, I play it uh, under for sure. Let's sprinkle on that money line. They've lost three in a row. Like, they're going to get, of course, they're going to lose to the Lakers. They're going to lose to the Suns C squad. And then they're going to lose Sacramento. They're going to come in here and get a really, really good win against Golden State on the road. Like, it's just written. All right. Props for that game before we move on. Anything you got? Um, Yeah, I don't have anything. Uh, I would look at. I know people. Uh, I've been telling people I don't like Jordan Poole like that as a player, uh, but I like him over twenty one and a half points tonight. You're yeah, actually just a Warriors hater. No, no, I love the Warriors, man. I love the Warriors. No, I don't. I no, I don't know because you were disrespecting Steph, North Carolina guy. Man. You were disrespecting the Andrew Wiggins. Nah, I, I, I don't. I'm not really a fan of Wiggins. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a fan of Wiggins. <sighs> but I still, I, I like Jordan Poole over twenty one and a half points. Just, just to show I'm not as, as biased as people think. And tell Wiggins. Cam first first quarter uh Warriors over Cam. 
in the chat. First quarter Warriors over. Uh, that is because uh, you're not going to see Stephen Adams in this game. Yeah, right. Looney, what does Looney do against the Grizzlies on a regular night? Uh, five, four, six, five. Uh, not, not really what I'm looking for. I want to maximize rebounds. I'm, I want to maximize rebounds. I'm not cons- uh, maybe, maybe. I think he'll play. be too locked in. I think he'll be too locked in defensively to be focused on rebounding the basketball. Maybe it's Steph and Steph just sneakily walking away with a bunch of rebounds. He does. What about that Wiggins, man? Long. Wiggins rebound the ball pretty well with that small lineup. Yeah, he does. Wiggins is definitely going to be uh, another one. Maybe Steph and Wiggins is who I back for rebounds today. Yeah, I wouldn't just like any problems. Are you talking me? Or uh, DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo is a guy that rebounds the basketball. Matter of fact, yeah. And he had a – yeah, Steph has a triple-double against them. I was looking at Steph triple-double for a second. He has a triple-double against them. So, uh, 10, 4, 7, 7, 10, 7 in the regular season versus – the Grizzlies. That's his last. Well, that dates all the way back to 2018. Let's go. Uh, let's find that playoff. Where's that playoff game log? Seven, three, five, two, nine, three, six. Well, those are old. So three, nine, two, five, three, seven. What? And what was his number at? Four, four and a half, five and a half. Yeah, five and a half. I don't know. I might call my shot on Steph. You can find a five. You can find a five out there too. But I'm not. How can I take Steph and not Wiggins? Wiggins is at four and a half. Yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking Steph and Wiggins rebounds tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna tell you on that. I'm I'm gonna put that in uh, when we get off. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Next game of slate. This should be quick. Utah Jazz are going to play the Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers are laying three and a half at home. Two (laughs) forty. Excuse me. 240 is the total injury report. You know you're not going to see Justice Winslow for the Trailblazers. Other than that, they're clean. And no Kelly Olenek, of course. Other than that, the Jazz are clean. Trailblazers lane three and a half. What are you doing, sir? Yeah, man, I, I know you're going to like the Jazz. I like Portland here. I know it's Jazz as a dog. Uh, we all know that the, the numbers are, are really good as a dog, 27 ATS. Um I think that Portland is, has found something when they play. Don't, they try to, to, don't try to throw my numbers out there. <laughs> don't try to go throw my numbers out there and then throw your side out there. Just go with your pick because we know you're you're about to be on the wrong side of this again. Yeah, man. I don't listen. know how many times you faded this and you've listen, I lost a lot it. of money early on in the Jazz. Look, I learned my lesson early on. I stopped betting against the Jazz early on, like when they were like running through everybody. Um, no, you know they're actually a team you can bet against. You just have to bet against them in the right spot. You're not yeah, picking yeah. the right spot, but I'm gonna let you do it. Listen, I, I think I think that Portland has found something with Shaden Sharp. I have no idea why um, Billups doesn't play him more um, when he gets like more than 20 minutes. He's pretty much productive a, as it comes. Uh, of course, from an offensive standpoint, he doesn't play much defense, but neither does anybody on Portland. But I think that uh, Portland will be able to to make a lot of threes in this game. Um, the Utah Jazz are poor defensively, 26 in defensive efficiency. Um, they do score the ball uh, extremely well. Um, and Portland is not the better def- the best defense, 22nd in defensive efficiency. Um, mo- overall, I just kind of like what I've seen in the past two or three games from um, Portland. They they haven't been covering a lot of numbers. I know three and seven ATS the last ten. They are, however, 13 and nine ATS at home. They have a top 10 offensive rating 
so I think the offense can prevail in this matchup. So give me the Portland Trailblazers laying the short number, three and a half. All right. Yeah, no, Jazz as a dog, Jazz plus three <laughs> and a half, Jazz on the money line, super easy handicap, not even like consider. No point in my mind did I ever consider playing uh, Portland at all. I have nothing else to say. If you don't know why I'm on the Jazz at this point, <laughs> then, I mean, I really don't know what to say. I'll give you this. They covered their last game as a favorite. So, I mean, hey, it's also the Charlotte Hornets, who are probably the worst team in the league. In terms of talent on the roster, probably the worst team in the league. But, I mean, it's nothing else to say. Really, well, they covered their last – no, two of their last three games as a favorite they covered. So, Excuse me, I'm about to choke. Yeah, man, 14 and 11 ATS on the road, seven and three ATS last ten. Yeah, I I know it's just they got they got great numbers. Um, I think just some matchup wise, I think I'm leaning towards Portland a little bit more. Yeah, and you and about 83 percent of the money as well, also on Portland. So, <laughs> I mean, that line hasn't moved off of that three, and it's got 83 percent of the money. That's telling. All right, I mean, I don't have anything else. A total sitting there at 240. Yeah, I would lean under. Uh, both teams playing towards the under. Three of the last five for both have went under. Uh, something else that to, to notice with uh, both of these teams, 57% uh, of their games in the first quarter have went under. So I would look at a first quarter under, uh, just a filling out process. I know with two explosive offenses like Utah and Portland that a lot of people are going to be looking over. So if you can find a good number – under a first quarter number, while you give your handicap, I'll look and get and grab that number. But I'll be playing first quarter under. Uh, let me just get an accurate number for it. Oh, I, I'm not talking long on this game at all. I'll take it over. I'm, I'm not trusting Utah's defensively to um, stop anything Portland has going on. And I think Utah wins the game, so I think Utah's going to outscore Portland. I'm on over. Uh, 58 and a half first quarter. Give me the first quarter under 58 and a half. But all right, yep, that's about it. Props, anything. Uh, Clarkson over 21 and a half. Um, this is a game that he loved. He's going to love to play in. There's going to be a lot of, uh, of threes going up. Um, he's went over four the last seven. He had, he had 21 once in that stretch. So not too bad. He, he shot really bad in the, in the last meeting, seven of 16. So look for a, a bounce back game. I also like Damian Lillard assists eight and a half at plus money. He's uh he's had double figures in the last three and went over four of the last six. So also sprinkle something on on Damian Lillard double double as well. Uh, so those are the only two that I really like uh, in this matchup. Mm. I'm back on Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler. I didn't see any of his props. I was looking for his props. I didn't see any. Yeah, I'm back on Walker Kessler. So uh, that's about it for me in this one. I'll just take that free Utah plus money. Next game on the slate, we have the San Antonio Spurs going in to play the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers are laying seven, 243 and a half is the total. Injury report for these two teams, and we have for the Spurs, Romeo Langford questionable. Uh, Devin Vassell is still out. And Rui Hachimara, the newest Los Angeles Laker, he is expected to play today. Anthony Davis is expected to play today. How long? Still not going to see Reeves or Walker. Uh, it's looking about 20, 24 minutes is what I see here on Underdog for Anthony Davis, about 20, 24 minutes throughout the game, barring any pregame setback. Yeah. So, 
I think I mean 20 24 minutes Anthony Davis is still a pretty good offensive <laughs> offensive explosion so yeah. All right Lakers on a back to back are you laying seven Uh no I'm not laying seven with the Lakers I don't, I don't I don't lay points with the Lakers at all um although they do have a favorable matchup I know Cam was talking about the first half with the Spurs um and the Lakers have been pretty much one of the better first quarter and first half teams in the NBA. Uh, some of those guys getting back, I kind of like them in the first quarter and first half versus the full game, uh, simply because they'll come out with a lot more energy uh, with some of those guys getting back. And Rui, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how much he'll play, but uh, I'm sure he'll he'll do more than what uh, Winnie Gabriel and Thomas Bryant would do offensively. Um, the Lakers have uh, – I mean, not the Lakers, the um, – the Spurs have allowed 652 points in their last five games. That is 130 points per game, uh, if my math is right. They've allowed 140 plus twice and 130 plus twice. They are last in points per game in the paint, which is where the Lakers thrive. So I think Anthony Davis, LeBron, if he's actually going to play, I think they dominate on the inside. Um, so I love their props over, uh, especially their rebounding props. Uh, but as far as the the side, I'd lean to the Lakers, but I wouldn't play it. I'd rather play them first quarter and first half versus the full game. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take the Spurs because the Lakers absolutely like <laughs> uh, have been dominant in this the first three games this series. 123.92, They still would have covered that line there. 143.138. They wouldn't have covered that one there. Okay, so he got one that they wouldn't have covered it. But uh, I'm pretty sure LeBron's probably going to play. Like, LeBron's still chasing the story scoring title. I'm pretty sure he's going to play. I just think it's too much. And this – this Spurs team hasn't been able to close out the Lakers before. That first half play is interesting for the Spurs. I'll have to look into that a little bit more. I'm not going to uh, go into that handicap just now. But, yeah, I don't think that they have enough to close out the Lakers at all. So I'm going to take the Lakers minus seven. Yeah, I think the Spurs are the only team that I'll lay points with against the Lakers because mm-hmm. they just cover this number. When I, I would I'd rather do it early. 28-20 uh, ATS in the first half for uh, the Lakers. Uh, seven and four ATS last 11 in the first quarter. So those are just numbers to go by uh, as far as laying it early rather than later. All right. Uh, total sitting at 243.5. For reference, the last game I said was 143.138. If anybody missed that, that's what the last game came in at 143.138 in San Antonio. What are you doing here with a 243.5? Yeah, I go over. I don't think San Antonio is going to stop anybody. Uh, the the Lakers defensively are better as they – with Anthony Davis, of course, they're better. Um, that's the only thing that scares me, that Spurs don't score enough. So let's pivot, and I'll take the Lakers team total over versus the full game over. Uh, let me get an accurate number on that uh, for you. It is – it is Lakers team total one twenty four and a half. Um, it's pretty much painted one twenty four and a half, and most of the sharper books. So uh, I'll take them over one twenty four and a half. 
All right, for the Cameron Kerr first half special, he has the Spurs plus three. Said Spurs last three are averaging 65.7 points per game compared to the Lakers, 49.7. Pretty good stat there. Lakers last three are allowing, allowing 67 points on average in the first half, and the Spurs are allowing 65. Okay. Sorry, no. Spurs are allowing 63.3. So, pretty good numbers there. Cameron Kerr first half special. Spurs plus three and a half. All right. Any props you want before we move on? Uh, just Le- just LeBron, if he plays, I know his, his numbers. Not, excuse me, his numbers not out yet. Um, his points and rebounds, and also Anthony Davis's points and rebounds. Even in a even in a smaller minutes, I guess window, uh, twenty to twenty five minutes, I still think he'll be able to dominate on the inside with the Spurs not having enough size. All right here, before we get into our lock and dog, I talk to you about the official online sportsbook of Sports Game Podcast Network, and that is WinBet. NFL players are here, so you can live bet them. You can make same game playoff, uh, same game parlays for the playoffs. You have great promos, odds, and payouts. And if you sign up today, you can receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. So make sure you do that. Make sure you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, because if you do, you'll get a $1,000 free credit from WinBet. So much choose from all you have to do is head on sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. All subject change terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be torn to order in present state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, David from Toronto said Kelton Johnson over. Yeah, that's pretty easy. And Cap said, oh, wow, he butchered his name. That's not even anywhere close to spelling Hachimara. But uh, Hachimara starting at the five, Davis at the four. No, Hachimara's not starting. He's coming off the bench. Probably uh, Thomas Bryant stays in the lineup and maybe Davis at the four if Davis doesn't come off the bench as well. But I doubt he comes off the bench. So Davis at the four, Bryant at the five. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see here. We have our lock and dog, sir. What are you doing for tonight's sleep? Uh, before Washington and Houston, did you like anything? I think we missed that one. Oh, did we? Yeah, probably. Oh, we for did. Good, probably for good calls. But just... oh, my bad. Yeah, we did. We skipped that. I skipped over. My bad. Washington Wizards are going to play the Houston Rockets. Wizards are laying three two thirty two and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the uh, Washington Wizards. Let me get all my stuff pulled up because I lost. I forgot about this game. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I, I don't have much in this game. You don't even have to do that. I mean, Chris Porzingis is not going to be playing. And Jabari Smith Jr. is questionable. Kevin Porter Jr. is not playing either. I mean, I'm on the Wizards. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm passing the game. I just like I like the first quarter over. Uh, both teams top 10 in first quarter overs. Um, somewhat leaning to the full game over Houston's atrocious defensively. Uh, short travel uh, for Washington. I mean, they were in Dallas, so they probably just you know had Moon off jet pick them up and, and take them to the arena. So not uh, not a lot of travel. So I think Washington will get up a lot of points. Um, I like Sangoon points, rebounds, and assists over thirty six and a half. He's went over three of the last four. Favorable matchup with Gafford being a fouling machine. Um, so. That's that's only the, a few things that I like uh, in the game. As far as the full game, I'm with you. I'd lean to the Wizards, but I wouldn't play it. I just played the over. Wizards are five and three straight up, six and two against the spread on a back to back this season. 
Rocket Sup is Wizards minus three. That's actually one of my locks today. Wizards minus three. Take the Wizards and parlay them with the over. I think you are pretty good. Uh, according to Shams, Bobby Portis has suffered an MCL sprain and his right knee. He'll miss some time. Dang, that's tough. That sucks. Milwaukee, I, I just don't think anybody can beat Milwaukee in a seven-game series when they're fully healthy. I, I truly don't think anybody can beat them in a seven-game series when they're fully healthy. All right. Yeah, non-conference over in that spot. That's pretty quick breakdown. Just Wizards. Wizards are good. Well, they're not good, but they're gonna. They're actually like a respectable team. Houston sucks. Yeah. All right. You're locking dog. What are you doing? Uh, lock. Give me the Pelicans. Uh, laying a short number. Uh, I'd rather play it on the money line, but I guess however you you know whoever wants to play it, you you know play it at your whatever you like your risk tolerance. Uh, I don't mind laying extra juice to to get a win versus taking a bad beat. So give me the Pelicans uh, on the money line or laying the short number. Um, for the dog, uh, there's not a lot of dogs that I like, to be honest. Um, well, let's go Memphis uh, plus three and a half. Um, uh, we talked about it earlier. I think it's going to be a, a good spot. Angry Memphis team. I don't like betting against Golden State at home, but I think it'll be a, a under a one position game, maybe one or two points. Uh, so give me Memphis as a dog. All right. Let me finish this out strong. Of course, you know I'm playing Utah. I don't have to go over that. For my lock, let's go with do, 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 do. Uh, Wizards or Milwaukee. Wizards or Milwaukee. I will take the Wizards minus three. That's my lock. Not bad. For my dog, we will go with – you took Memphis. So I will go – I just have a sneaky feeling about Toronto tonight. I think this is a sneaky good spot for Toronto. I'll take Toronto plus – oh, wait, plus 130. What am I getting with – If you take I, if you take Memphis, I'll take hard and triple double, seven uh, to one. Okay, I mean I, I was gonna give out Memphis regardless, but yeah, uh, my official dog will be, uh, yeah, I'll go with Toronto plus one thirty. All right, Toronto okay. plus one thirty, and then I have a three team, really four round robin. And I'll just parlay the dogs that I like because I like the Pacers on the money line. I like slightly like Brooklyn. So Brooklyn in there, Toronto, Memphis. Oh, wow. I do like a lot of dogs on the state today. Dang, you do. Yeah, that's, that's almost every dog. Uh, Yeah. All right. That's fine. Give me a three-team money line round robin with – of course, I got to throw Utah in there. So Utah, Memphis, and Toronto. Sure, why not? Late game sleep. But I like the Pacers. I do like Pacers. I'm bad Pacers. All right. Other than that, anything a lot of disagreement. Get up out of here. No, nah, a lot of disagreement, which is good for which is good for the the viewing audience. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
other than that, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you drop a like for you exit out of this stream. Uh, tell us how we're doing. Reviews. Leave us a review on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you do that. Other than that, then I really don't have anything else to say. Nothing else to do. Got to get this podcast out to the people. So going to leave you like this. We are out of here. Ba-da-ba-da-da-ba. 